You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour one on this Wednesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board. Got a few topics to dive into, including the NBA coming back, what's going on with Zion Williamson and Duke. We'll take a deeper dive into that coming up a little bit later on as well. NBA reportedly will start its season July 31st, and if there is a Game 7 of the NBA Finals, it will be played October 12th. Adrian Wojnarowski will join us coming up in a little bit. He reported yesterday 22 teams will be invited to Orlando, giving six extra teams a shot at making the postseason. And the timing's interesting because the NBA is about a week behind the NHL. And we've seen that the few live sporting events that we've had have had great ratings during the pandemic. And it could be a banner August for both leagues. They run right into the football season, which means there's going to be a ton of competition for eyeballs and headlines in the fall. Football's been dominant. I wouldn't expect that to change. The NBA and NHL will probably have to own the weekdays, maybe afternoons and early evenings, except for Monday and Thursday where you're going to have football. Or maybe the appetite for sports will be higher than ever and the pie will be big enough for everybody. But NFL, college football, NBA, NHL, NHL playoffs, maybe baseball, golf. All I can say is I'm ready and I'm sure you are as well. A lot of different scenarios here for basketball coming back. And some of the things that have been talked about by the NBA, Dave McMenamin of uh, ESPN.com had some of the details here. These are some of the scenarios being discussed, sources told ESPN. The higher-seeded team is awarded the first possession of the second, third, and fourth quarters following the traditional jump ball to start the game. Higher-seeded team allowed to designate one player to be able to be whistled for seven fouls instead of six before fouling out. The higher-seeded team receives an extra coach's challenge. The higher-seeded teams being able to transport their actual home courts to Orlando to try to preserve the feel of their home court advantage or the home playing experience. An off-court feature in which playoff teams, in order of seeding, 1 through 16, receive first choice on picking which hotel they will stay in at ESPN Worldwide Sports Complex and Disney World Resort. ESPN is owned by Walt Disney Company. I was wondering, maybe you have teams, maybe you do something on TV where you get to pick who your opponent is going to be in the first round. Let's say you say, you know, to the Lakers, who do you want to face in the first round? And you could pick your team. Then it goes the second team on down. That might be interesting. You're seeing that with Major League Baseball as a possibility where they're going to have you or allow you to be able to pick your opponent once we get into the playoffs with uh, expanding from 10 to 14 teams. It feels like everything is on the table here and trying to shoehorn this in. Now, we're talking about two months to get ready to start playing basketball. I don't know what is going to take more time, the players getting ready, or just the safeguards that have to be put in place in Orlando. But we'll talk to Woj about this coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at nampatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. Say good morning to our great radio affiliates. And, of course, we're part of the vaunted uh, Fox Sports Radio lineup. And you can watch on youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show. We will never have a calendar sports calendar year like this ever again. And hopefully we won't. August through February, 
is going to be incredible. It'll feel like not one game a night or two games a night. There's going to be something every single night. And trying to get all of those games in. Are we going to have afternoon NBA games? Are we going to have, and you throw in baseball, which has afternoon games. But you're going to have football in there. You're going to have the NFL in there. Playoff hockey is going to be in there. All of that in a span of about five months. Golf's majors are all in there. The Kentucky Derby is in there. And we're trying to shoehorn that in from August to September. Or August to February is going to be crazy. And the Super Bowl is probably going to be moved back maybe a week or two. It's going to take you all the way through February. We've never had a time like this. We often talk about this every year, it feels like. There's the spring and there's the fall. Which part of the year do you like? What part of the sports calendar do you like as a fan? There's no doubt what it's going to be this year. It's August through February with all these different events. But uh, the NBA starting July 31st and ending in October. If there's a game seven, that would be October 12th. McLovin, what kind of poll question do you have for me today? That depends on what kind of mood you're in. I'm in a good mood. Okay. I hope a really good mood because I have two questions. I have one that's somewhat annoying and one that'll make you in a really bad mood. Okay. Well, how about the annoying one? The annoying one struck me this morning, and I find it brilliant. Which team is more likely to win the championship? The Milwaukee Bucks or the Tampa Bay Bucks? Boom, bum, bum. I would say the Milwaukee Bucks. Tampa- I would agree with you, but I was thinking about a lot of people are talking about how the Bucks are shaping up for this. Are they going to win this thing? I don't feel like they are. Well, I think they have a better chance. Tampa is probably not better than New Orleans. They're not even the best team in their own division. We had Peter King put them at number five yesterday. So what? How many times has Peter King been wrong with his Super Bowl pick? Now all of a sudden you're going to buy into P- Peter admits he's not good at making predictions. You're just trying to fend off that Bucks bandwagon. I know. I know. There's no room. There's no room on my Tampa Bay Buccaneers bandwagon. But you were on it before Tom Brady. I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. I famously said they're a playoff team with Teddy Bridgewater if they don't get Tom Brady. And and I believe that. I believe that they are. But uh, I would say Milwaukee because it feels like they're at least the second or third. Maybe they're the number one team in the NBA. Uh Tampa Bay is not number one, two, or three. I think we want we root for story. Nobody's rooting for the Bucks to win the championship. It just aren't. Which Bucks? Milwaukee. Tampa, you're rooting for that. Like we root for stories. Openly root for stories. You either want Dallas to be unbelievably great or you want them to be a nightmare, a train wreck. This is what happens in the media. I don't know if anybody is going, God, I hope the Greek freak gets his title. But here's Tom Brady, who's got six, and we're like, God, that'd be great if he got another one. Like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) How about we spread the wealth around here a little bit? God, I hope uh, LeBron gets another one here. What if Kawhi gets his third? Like, we root. Yes, Miguel. We root, but can you imagine the NBA office if it's the Clippers and the Bucks in the finals and LeBron's out there? That would be a ratings disaster. Yes, but if you had Lakers-Clippers... Or Lakers box, then you're going to get eyeballs anyway. 
you're just going to get people watching. And if you can add a storyline to any of these leagues, just like the NHL, when you had St. Louis with a chance to win the Stanley Cup, now you had an underdog, great second half of the season story, and people who love hockey are going to watch, but those who are watching for an underdog are going to tune in to see this. Plus, playoff hockey is the best postseason we have. What else do you have? Now, that's the annoying one. I didn't find that that annoying. Okay. Well, this topic might not annoy you, but the actual details will probably get under your skin. Are you sure you're ready? Because it's early. You're on a roll. Mm -hmm. It's a great start to the show. We're 10 minutes in. By the way, this program brought to you by LegalZoom. They made it easy to set up the right estate plan without leaving your home. Take care of your family today with the right estate plan at LegalZoom.com. All right, we're 10 minutes in, in five, four, three, two, one. Okay. The CBS sports staff has put together a comprehensive list of the top 15 shooters in NBA history. Oh, so they've limited it to the NBA. So I'm not eligible for this is what you're saying. It's not best shooters on earth. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Just to yeah, clarify. I thought you were talking about the ABA, not yourself. <laughs> I, I like the delayed reaction by McClellan. I thought you were talking about the ABA. I'm like, yeah, what yeah. about the ABA? What about those guys? I didn't realize you were talking Fritzy, about you. Fritzy, you know what I was saying there? No. You Back row is slow today. You weren't listening, were you? I was communicating with Rex Chapman. No, the question was you weren't listening. I wasn't listening. Okay, that's all I was all able I to do you. two things all at right, once. Thank you. All right. Yes, McLovin. You know what? I, can I just say something yes, real quick, C. though? We just finally got rid of that damn college fo- basketball list yesterday. And now Andrew's dropping the best shooters list? Come on, Andy. Yeah, Paul. Best shooters list is, is subjective. The definition of shooters, that means jump shooters? It's not best scorers list. Shooters list means... Jump, outside shooting, doesn't it? I don't know. In we got to find out what the guidelines are from CBS Sports. Because there's lots of great scores in NBA history, but some of them took the ball to the hole. Well, it's funny that you bring up the college list because there is a chance that both lists have the same number one. The greatest shooter of all time. Possible that they have the same person at oh, the top of both lists. Okay, but I, I just want to know, what what is this based on? Do they have any... Criteria, any guidelines here before I blow my stack? Okay. This week, CBS Sports will be exploring shooting in all its forms in an effort to trace its evolution as the single most important skill in all of basketball. Today, we begin with the age-old question of who did it best. We weighed skill, numbers, and historical context in order to land on the 15 greatest. Okay. So they're keeping it kind of vague. Skill, numbers, and historical context. Oh, am I going to be angry at this? Yes. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> All right. Let me let me wait. Because of all the topics we're talking about, this is the one that is obviously nearest and dearest to your heart. If I gave you the top 15 defenders, you wouldn't even open your eyes for that one. How about everybody except for Fritzy writes down who they think will be the number one shooter on that list? Since... Todd is busy doing other things during the show. I'm wasting my material here, Todd. You really are. Yeah. It requires an audience. Thank you, Todd. At least a four. Yeah. 
You require an audience. I'm always here I for you. you I, I'm always, unfortunately, I'm always listening no to you. No question about it. And I tend to ramble on end saying the same thing over and over again. And you still pay attention. McLevin, do you have other poll questions? Uh, I do, but can we? I'd like everyone to write their top three would make it more interesting because I, I fear we'll all come up too similar. Top three. Greatest shooters. Like Greatest shooters. Pure shooters. Yeah, they're keeping kind of kind of vague. Not not scores, shooters. Right. This is gonna. My... I do. Uh, I do have another poll question. It's also very annoying. All right. Well, let me hear that one because okay. this one is probably going to drive me crazy today. It's October twelfth, Game Seven, of the NBA Finals. You knew this was coming. It's Monday Night Football. Which are you watching? And I'm assuming I'm not giving you the power to watch both, as I know you have the ability to very much do. Okay, is is October twelfth a Monday night? Yes. Okay. All right. So game seven, if there's a game seven, it would be on a Monday night opposite. What game is October twelfth on ESPN? Uh, I believe it's the Chargers and the Saints. Okay. Maybe Justin Herbert is starting by then. Maybe not. Um, that uh, Drew Brees revenge bowl. I, I don't. Well, knowing Drew, maybe he would use that as a chip on his shoulder. I don't know if it's he's going. God, I circled my calendar for the last decade. I want a piece of those Chargers. Uh, your your 2019 Super Bowl picks that you were completely robbed of. 18. Oh, yeah. You're so robbed. They were the best two teams by a margin. I was only a little robbed with the Saints. The Chargers robbed me. Robbed Maybe me. you were robbed by the worst call in NBA. Oh, I, know, I know, but it, it I, I, I accept it. We move on. The Chargers robbed me. They robbed me of my spirit that year because they were great. They stole my spirit. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. The top 15 shooters of all time. Not scores, shooters. Now, is this form? Is this, it, it, does that factor into it? Uh, I believe so. They said skill, which I assume okay. means form. All right. Uh, Todd, no, you don't get into it. But you were just joking, right? I can. No, you're not involved in the conversation. That hurts my feelings, though. If you listen, you get to talk. I want to vote on the top three shooters. No, you don't get to. No, you got a timeout here. All right. All right. Fine. No, at least you listen to that when I but say. But now I'm going to pout for the next. We're going to take. Hour. That doesn't help the show. <laughs> We're going to take a break here. Fifteen after the hour, we'll talk to Adrian Wojnarowski coming up a little bit later on the Zion Williamson situation. That case is uh, getting a little juicier here. We'll uh, check in with that story. He's going to have to testify, it looks like, in a civil suit here. Can he just plead the fifth? And if he does plead the fifth, what does that signify to you? Take a break, 16 after the hour. This is The Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to The Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for The Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app, by searching FSR. You'll never guess who I just got off the phone with during the commercial break. Seton, do you want to wage a guess? It sounded a lot like Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning? No. Yeah. Oh, wow, that'd be cool. It sounded just like Peyton Manning. No, it was not. It was Dan Levitard. Dan Levitard of ESPN. He's got a, a radio show. And, of course, apparently not aware of the hours of my radio show because he's calling me during the commercial break to say, hey, um, 
can I make fun of you? And I go, I'm on the radio right now. He goes, oh, I didn't know that. Paulie had a question this morning where he says, uh, you know, we do these during the look-ins. These are our uh, live look-ins on YouTube.com. And usually it's uh, this day, it's, uh, you know, National Hot Dog Day or whatever it might be. This is National Boating Week. And Paulie had a question about, he put up four uh, suggestions of, you know, what kind of boat would you want if you had an opportunity to it? Levitard sees this on our social media that we're going to be talking about Zion Williamson, the NBA season coming back, and which boat would you want to have <laughs> so Levitard was giving me a heads up saying, hey, can I have permission to make fun of you guys? <laughs> and I said, sure, why not? We're planning our exit strategy from this world as it's burning there. And uh, I'm going with the sailboat there. So Levitard was just giving me a heads up to say, hey, in this social climate, people are going to be uh, going after you. This is during a live look in on YouTube and we spend pretty much the entire show talking about this serious issue the last uh, week or so. Sometimes you have to add a little levity there, but hey, if you want to pile on that we're not woke and we're not doing enough and saying enough, then I understand that. But if, you, if you're watching the show and listening to the show, you know how we do it. You know what we do and how we do it. So if I can add a little fun, we try to have a little fun. Serious topics. We've been approaching those, hopefully, in a professional manner. But, Dan, I like that he called to give me a heads-up ask permission to make fun of us. Yeah, I gave him the green light. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I like Dan, and uh, I'm sure he'll be very sensitive and tender when it comes to making fun of this show because we spent, I don't know, 90 seconds on what boat we would want to have. Yes, Paulie. And, and Levitard's show, just like our show, is the king of that. It could be the day after the Super Bowl that goes into overtime, and they'll have a guy who runs a zoo on to talk about the difference <laughs> between a tiger and a lion, which I love about their show. All right. Uh, if you'd like to email or tweet, you can, or dial us up, 877-3DP-SHOW. McLovin, you have a poll question that's going to drive me crazy. Okay, yeah. Who is the greatest shooter in basketball history, NBA history. This is according to this is a poll by CBS Sports. No, no, it's uh, the CBS Sports staff got together, wrote it together, okay. and formed a consensus. Okay. Well, the number one shooter of all time, there is no argument here whatsoever. Well, I have a, want me to read down the list to give it to whet your appetite? Because you'll like some of these names. Well, I, okay. Now, do you guys, did you guys write down your three? Because I, okay. Fritzy, did you write down your three? I sure did. Okay, you go first. Okay, I have Steph Curry, Reggie Miller, and Larry Bird. Okay, as my three. Make sure they're on the list. Uh, Seton O'Connor. Was that one through three or? Uh, three my, if one? I went one through three, I would probably go Bird, Curry, Miller. If okay. I did it in that exact order. All right. Seton O'Connor. I have number three. I have Reggie Miller. Number two, I have Ray Allen, and uh, number one, I have Steph Curry. Okay. Which, by the way, going recency bias on that, for sure, because I know that plays into every poll. I'm not saying that he's not the greatest shooter of all time, but it certainly helps that he's currently the man. Paulie? I have Ray Allen third, Steph Curry second, Larry Bird first. Okay. Steph Curry is number one. Ray Allen is number two.
I got to. I would put Bird in there because, well, I'm trying to think what CBS would think here because I they're not going to put Larry Bird third on the all-time list. Great shooters. They're going to go. They'll go Clay Thompson. They'll go Clay Thompson. So I'd go Steph, Ray Allen, Clay Thompson. And believe it or not, my wild card with all of this was Steve Nash. That was, uh, I was going to shoehorn. Because when you do 50, 40, 90, which he did a couple of times, 50 from the field, 40 from three-point range, and 90 from the line, that's a great shooter. You know what? I'll change it. I'll go Steph, Ray Ray, and then I'll go Steve Nash. What do you have, McLovin? Okay. I'm just going to read some of the earlier go, names. Go, go from 10 down to 1. The 15's too good because you love this guy. 15, Drazen Petrovic. Yes. Yes. 14, Chris Mullins. He, he's got to go higher, right? He was unbelievable. Great shooter. Great shooter. Uh, 13, Mark Price. I don't know why Mullins below price, whatever. Then Pajai, 12. That's a guy you love his shot. Yes. 11, J.J. Redick. 10, Steve Kerr, all-time uh, three-point leader. Nine, Dirk. Okay. Eight, Durant. Certainly belongs up there. Yep. Seven is Steve Nash. Oh, okay. Made the list. Six, Kyle Korver. Then we get in the top five. See, I don't know if Corver's Oh, uh, Corver's all-time three-point shooter. He's amazing. Look at his numbers. But I do, I'm talking about a shooter. I'm talking about a variety of shots. Kyle Corver had one shot. This this list seems to weigh three-point a lot. Okay. Yeah, see. That sounds like you're getting into greatest scorer territory, not greatest shooter. With Corver? No, or, or if you're, you're thinking of a variety of shots or like ways to score. It's a, sort of the way it read. Well, I have Nash, who's a great three-point shooter and a great free-throw shooter and a great mid-range jump shooter. Is that semantics? Because maybe he's yeah. showing that he can. Kyle Korver is not a, you know, he's not shooting a fifteen-footer. He doesn't have that. Now, maybe he does if he's all alone. Okay, if you want to put Kyle Korver in there, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good mood. Oh, Paulie's not. I, I, Kyle Korver is a very good basketball player. He's not a starting player in the NBA. He started 25% of his games in the NBA. He's not even. He's a very good bench player. He's led the league in three-point percentage four times. But he, I mean, they, they don't build defenses to stop him. Well, once again, I don't know. Like, are we making arguments for questions that aren't being asked here? That's the only thing. I, I, McLovin, what? Here, let's read their explanation. If we're talking purely about the act of shooting, this is Kyle Korver. Korver deserves to be higher on this list. Just five years ago, he had perhaps the best shooting season in history, non-Curry division, with 69.9% true shooting percentage and 49.2 three-point percentage. The dude shot 50% from three. I know, but he's never guarded. Korver is not the kind of player you ask to get a bucket in isolation, but at his peak, you could build an elite offense around the threat of him shooting. Okay, all right. All right. Once again, I'm, I'm in a good mood. I'm not going to argue. Kyle Korver, you can put him in there. Okay. It's, they say exactly what you did. He's not going to get you a bucket. He's not going to be able to shoot a variety no, of ways. No, yeah. I, I, okay, five. Now we get serious. This is the big guns. You guys, a lot of you guys had this on the list. He's a friend of the show. Reggie Aloysius Miller. Yep, he's five. Okay. 
then your instinct was right. And I don't know how you knew it. They did not put Larry Bird top four. Okay. They put him at uh, four. I mean, ah. they didn't put him top three. They put him at four. Okay. And, uh, that's tough. I kind of agree. Like he, because of the variety of shots, he goes up a little. But though. I don't know if you're talking about pure form, or you're talking like I, a shooter. Like if you, I don't know, I would I take Bird if if you said, hey, you didn't, you know, you can take the top three and I'll take the next three. Then I'm fine with that too. But I, I just I'm curious how they assess Larry Bird because he was another guy who was. You know, very good from three, uh, had good percentage from two, and great from the free throw line. What else do you have? All right, now we get into number three. Right. This is the heavy, heavy hitters. He's been in studio. We all love him. Ray Allen. Yes, uh, but apparently his shot wasn't exactly perfect, according to one It shot could have been critic. better. He could have been a better shooter if he had... If he had listened to me, because <laughs> the ball was resting on the palm of his hand that day. You know day. you're doing that wrong. Oh, my God. <laughs> What did he just say? I remember looking at oh Paul my God. and being like, what did he just you gotta say? you got to tuck your thumb under and rotate. You know, you're doing that wrong. I just watched Ray Allen because I always thought Ray Allen has the perfect form. If you're teaching a jump shot, Ray Allen would be the but form. According to you, he doesn't have the perfect form. Well, no, the form is great. It's just how he has the ball. And then I just said... Oh, you got the ball in the palm of your hand. supposed to be a space there, Ray. I know. So that's why oh he's third God. on this list because yeah. he didn't listen to you. Yes. Oh, yeah. my God. You know you're doing that wrong. I, I, I don't know what... I have no idea how that... You know, times where you say something, you go... Like the words are coming out, and I'm trying to grab them as they come out because I'm criticizing... I'm critical of Ray Allen's ball position on, the, on his hand. Um, okay, so Ray Ray is three... Right, so we got well. Clay Thompson's got to be in there if he's not yep. elsewhere. Okay, Clay Thompson is the second greatest shooter of all time. According to this list, they noted that he has the record for most three pointers in a single game with fourteen, and he once needed twenty nine minutes and eleven dribbles to score sixty points. That was a game. When he gets hot, he's a pretty good shooter. Thank you, McLovin. That was crazy. That eleven dribbles game, whatever. That was that's nuts. That's economical. But that explains Kyle Korver being on the list too, right? In a way, if 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 it's about like sort of like spot up shooting and just being deadly like that, then then that's where you get the Kyle Korvers. Yeah, I think that there there's a gray area here when it comes to shooting. Can you get your shot? I I have a really good shot. But if I can't get my shot, am I a great shooter? Well, you're like a Steve Kerr role in the Bulls. But that, that doesn't mean I'm a great shooter if I can't get my shot. Part of being a great shooter is you get your shot. And these other guys, you know, Steve Kerr couldn't get his own shot. Kyle Korver can't get his own shot. The other players on here could get their own shots. That's what I find a little confusing with that. And then Steph Curry's the greatest shooter of all time. Yep, number one. Okay. Pete Maravich didn't make the list. And Pete was a great scorer, but he had a beautiful shot as well. I think there's a strong bias against the earlier guys. You don't see, I don't know if Jerry West was a great shooter, but some like Hall of Famers aren't even on consideration here. Well, I don't think Jerry had an elite field goal percentage. Bill Bradley? Bill Bradley was a great shooter. Yeah, he was a great shooter. But more so weapon in college than he was in the pros. But Craig Hodges? He came, came to mind? I mean, he's... he's Good, but now we're getting guys who can do one thing. 
That's why, I mean, that's Steve Kerr's on this list. Kyle Corver's on this list. There are a lot of, like, I mean, Del Curry, too. Del Curry was great. Dale Ellis was a wonderful shooter. Uh, Bradley Beal has a beautiful shot. Uh, Devin Booker has a beautiful shot. Like, there's a lot of guys that look good shooting. I, I just feel like you have to be able to get your shot to be considered a great shooter. In, in, on this list, to be a great shooter, can you get your shot? And there are a few guys who shouldn't be on that list. But I'm looking at Steve Nash had four seasons where he was at least 40% from three-point range. He was over 90% from the line and over 50% from the floor. He's done it four times. Larry Bird did it twice. Then you have Steph Curry once, Kevin Durant once, Reggie Miller once, Dirk once, Mark Price once, Malcolm Brogdon once. If you're looking at, I can get my shot and I make my shot, Steve Nash maybe should be higher on that list. Yeah, Paul. I'm glad you mentioned Dale Ellis from the CL Supersonics. There was a time back in the late 80s where he was the outside shooter in the entire league. In 1988-89, in, uh, he averaged 28 points per game, and he shot 48% from three. 48. Yeah. Yeah. And a, as a volume shooter, not, a, not the third option on the team who just got kickouts. Great player. Are there any honorable mentions on there, McLovin, no, with the CBS? I'm looking at the all-time best three-point shooting percentage. It really uh, skews young, like recent players. Like Duncan Robinson, the Heat guy, is number four all-time. Yeah, behind. that's why it's it's different now. The three-point yeah. shot is different. Everybody is spread, and somebody is going to get a wide-open three, it feels like. Yeah, Seaton. How much do you think Kevin Durant right now is bothered? <laughs> I'll bet you if there's one guy who's looking at that list that's like, man, this is BS... Kevin Durant is like Kyle Korver and Steve Nash, really? Well, really? We'll, we'll find out on his burner account there. <laughs> hey, Gross. I just want to say Kevin Durant's the greatest shooter ever of all time. Yeah, uh, McLovin. But, I mean, you wouldn't put Kevin Durant in the three-point shooting contest. I think this is a very heavy three-point. I mean, maybe he has been, but I don't think he has been. He doesn't love the three-point shot. But does that... That's what this really is about. Is yeah. it about who can shoot the three? Well, I think that's how you define the best shooters, the guy who can hit the open three. I don't think it's about getting your own shot because LeBron and Jordan are like the greatest at that. I mean, on this list, you should be able to get your shot. We're, we're, these are NBA players. Could Reggie get a shot? I oh, mean, yeah, he just he ran all day. He, he ran himself open. But he couldn't get it off the dribble. Well, but he still he created a shot in a different way, not off the dribble. He just ran and ran and ran. John Havlicek's the same way. He just ran. And then you, instead of using a dribble to create space to get open, he used his legs and picks to run around and get his shot. Yes, Tom? Where do you put a Harden with his step back? I know he shoots a lot of times and the percentage isn't always great, but is he someone that should be in the conversation in the top 20 or 30? No. No. I have to have a, I have to have a decent percentage. Harden can get his shot, and he can shoot deep. Um, Damian Lillard is another great shooter. Like there, there's a lot of guys on here, but I, I just don't think because you can shoot a three makes you a great shooter. I think being able to get your shot, and then when you make your shots, makes you a great shooter. There's a big difference in that. Corey in South Carolina. Hi, Corey. And I'm not mad today, McLovin. I'm not. You didn't upset me. Your buddy Legler is high up on this side. Legs, uh, is, a, legs is a great, great shooter. He's a great shooter. Great shooter. 
from three-point range. 43% from three-point range before the three-point era. Unbelievable. Yes. Hi. Hey, Corey, what do you have? First off, Dan, man, I'm at work. I can't hold on that long, guys. I'm just calling Oh, sorry, Corey. You. Sorry. <laughs> no, man, you guys are forgetting one of my childhood favorites from the Sacramento Kings squad that was legendary during my childhood, Peja Stojakovic. No, he's on there. Yeah, he's on there, Corey. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, I haven't heard y'all mention 12. him, man, and that's one of my top five of all time. Peja could shoot deep. Thank you, Corey. You know, I'll go back to work. Peja could really shoot. And he could, he could get his shot. He was a, he was a good, good sized guy shooting deep. He was one of the first guys I remember who shot deep, not just right at the line with the three. He was shooting deep. Uh, is Trey Young going to be on that list? Like, when do you qualify to be one of the great shooters of all time? I mean, Clay Thompson's been in the league how many years? Seven years. Nobody knew him in college. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, Clay Thompson's in his eighth season. Okay. 28 years old. I mean, he's a great shooter, great form. Uh, you know, when the ball's in his hand, he's got an open jumper. I expect him to make it. He's a great scorer, too. He's a volume scorer as well. But I, I still think you have to be able to create a shot here instead of just stand and shoot. Yeah, McClellan. You said Devin Booker. Devin Booker's 23. Yeah. Like, you can't put that 23-year-old. Oh, I know, but I'm saying <laughs> yeah. if you're looking at somebody who shoots well, and I, I'm separating, what do you look like? What's your shot look like? As opposed to, okay, he shoots this from three or he averages this. Devin Booker has a beautiful shot. Uh, Bradley Beal has a great shot. Now, they may not be considered great shooters of all time, but they have a beautiful looking shot. I would teach Ray Allen or Clay Thompson shot if, if your son or daughter wanted to learn how to shoot. With form, with their footwork, balance. Because you can't do Steph Curry. Because Steph practices shots that he knows are going to be off balance. He created this. But others are getting close to mastering it. What else do you have, McLovin? I have a question. Is it fair to say that shooters are significantly better today than they were? Mostly because they're getting co AAU is change shooting where... Everybody, no matter what size you are, can shoot the three. Well, it feels like everybody has to be able to shoot now because it used to be that this guy was a rebounder. This guy was the tough guy. This guy was a defensive guy. You had a point guard and then you had a two guard. Now it feels like you spread the floor and everybody has to be able to shoot. It's just different. And it's volume as well. Like Russell Westbrook is not a good shooter. Great scorer, not a good shooter. Rick Barry, I know I keep bringing up Rick Barry. Rick Barry, unbelievable shooter. Not on the list. Beautiful form. And a Hall of Famer. Ice Gervin. Great score. 15-foot jump shot. Alex English. Score. Had a unique shot. Flick. Had the ball really high up. Yeah, McLevin. Underhand free throws are off the list, though. Sorry, Rick Barry. That's how good he was <laughs> as a shooter. He could shoot underhand and shoot 90 from the line. Yeah, Fritzy. I did a quick Google search, and J.J. Reddick comes up in a number of comments for having a meticulous, really sweet-looking shot. Where would you put him there? He's on the list. What, what number was he? I think 11. You should, you should listen I to should the show for a little while. I didn't hear J.J. Reddick. This show has been Emmy-nominated three consecutive <laughs> three years. Three straight years. Yes. 
in spite of my efforts to try to bring us down. And occasionally we'll talk about boats on this show. Today even. Yeah. Today we talked about boats. Yeah. I still love that. Levitard FaceTimed me. <laughs> he didn't he didn't call. Like he, an emergency. He FaceTimed. Yeah, I think it was an intervention. Like, do you really want to talk about boats in this situation that's going on? The world's on fire and you want to talk about boats. Yes, Seaton. Their poll question yesterday though was do you like rainy days? So it's not like Well, I think he's saying we do this, we're guilty of this. But you're going to get roughed up because you're talking about boats. I think he said one day we asked, what's your favorite potato? And I said, man, you haven't gotten to a hot guy draft yet, Levitard. Well, a hot guy draft is not critiquable. Oh, is it? No, it's it's just, unimpeachable. That is, that's just great content. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. Play of the day is coming up next. I'm in a good mood. I am in a good mood. I promise I am. Be nice if Todd listened to the show. I heard you say you were in a good mood. Thank you, Todd. Take a break back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Here's a trivia question for you. Now, you're going to get the first one. Players with the same first and last initial to hit at least 300 career home runs. Barry Bonds, number one. BB, 762. Sammy Sosa, second, 609. Mark McGuire, 583. Mickey Mantle, 536. The next one on the list, I had no idea. In fact, the next two... I had no idea if I said E.E. E. is fifth on the all-time list with players with the same first and last initials to hit at least 300 home runs. This player, I don't know if he's still playing. He's got 414 home runs. Yes, Paulie? Edwin Encarnacion? Yes. I just threw that name out there. I had no idea how many stats it had. Well, there aren't many guys with E.E. E. Yeah. Sixth on the list is a guy played for the Twins, 360 home runs. Played for good Minnesota Twins teams. Fritzy, it's in your wheelhouse. No, how am I not knowing this? Gary Gaetti. Ooh. And then Bobby Bonds is seventh on the list with 332. So maybe it's not a trivia question. Maybe it's just a list. All right, what's the poll question we're going with, McLovin? Okay, I'll give you a choice. You want to go with who's more likely to win a champion championship, the Tampa Bay Bucks or Milwaukee Bucks, or do you want to go who's the best shooter of all time, or do you want to go what are you going to watch October 12th if those dates hold, the Chargers, Saints, or Game 7? Yeah, but that's too far down the road. That's, I, that's way too far down the road. Let's face it, we'd be psyched if that happened anyway. I would love to have yeah. the option of the Chargers and the Saints, or Game 7 of the NBA Finals. Yes, Todd? No matter how much you love the NFL, if everything's on the line, how could, you, how could anyone possibly pick the Chargers-Saints over Game 7 of the NBA Finals? If the Broncos were playing on a Monday night and they're undefeated and they're facing the Saints, or you have Game 7, it's Bucks just a re- and Clippers. Just a regular season Bronco game. Yeah, but you got Bucks and Clippers for the NBA title, or your Broncos. And I can't watch any of the Bronco game. You can't go back and play the no. Bronco 
You got to pick one. That's how it works. I would. I would watch Game Seven. I would. Okay. That's, that's difficult as that is to admit. No, you're lying. You're lying. <laughs> you know you are. Yes, McClub. What if Outer Banks season two premieres that Ooh. night too? Okay. All right. I watched Outer Banks. Big deal. It is a big deal. Actually. It's kind of a big deal. <laughs> John B. John B. and Outer Banks. It's all right. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to turn in my man card. I'm going to re-up my man cards. What I'm going to do. Man. Uh, so pick a poll question there, McLovin. I'm going bucks and bucks. You I thought you were going me. to. I thought you were going to. Because this side of the glass actually likes Tommy. Hashtag Tommy. Uh, and the, maybe having a better chance. Although, yeah, we'll see the results. All right. H seven seven three DP show email address dp at danpatrick.com. Special treat coming up next hour for chat row. Mario. Mario's gonna take questions from chat row during one of the breaks. Why do you suck so much? <laughs> <laughs> 